Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the 117 Podcast with your host, Rafael Hernandez. Welcome, everyone. Here we are back with the third episode of the 117 Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the vote of no confidence against the Barcelona board and the politics surrounding the club. Here we are with FCB historian. Welcome. Thank you, Rafa. I look forward to our discussion today. should be uh, an exciting one. Once again, I want to thank everyone for the overwhelming support since the podcast launch. It has been incredible. Special thanks to, the, to those that are supporting me on Patreon, Patreon too. And thanks to Chris Santana for editing the podcast, Dimitar for his incredible suggestions, and Aiden for his support on social media. If you have any suggestions, just send them to me, contact me on anywhere on social media and my email. If you leave comments, I'm going to be reading all of them. So let me know if you have any suggestions at all. Okay, so let's begin, guys. Right now, I think a bit of background is necessary to the vote of no confidence. For those that don't know much about how the Barcelona works as a club, right now the members are trying to remove the board through a vote of no confidence. What do I mean of that? They are trying to collect over 16,000 signatures to bring uh, to take the bo uh, the Barcelona uh, board down they want to remove them from office and i would like to issue a special thanks to mark duke's commitments to removing the board he's been leading the motion of censure and it's been one amazing work the guy deserves all the praise he can get and That's the same for Victor Font. He's also been a very strong voice into removing the Barcelona board. So you have the situation where they only have 14 days to gather all of the signings and they have gathered right now around 7,500 signatures. There's a lot more to gather, absolutely, but the momentum is on their side because of the because of the Messi interview attacking the Barcelona board, and we have reason to be optimistic about it. We are likely to know the, the result of the motion of censure around soon, in the next coming days. So let's, uh, it's good for us to discuss a bit about the difficulties of the motion of censure too, because for, for a motion of censure to happen, as I mentioned, you need all of the signatures, but the pandemic has made things a lot more difficult because the Barcelona board has been a disaster. We all know that, right? But unfortunately, they are, going, they are, they are having to organize uh, voting, voting booths to gather the signatures all over Barcelona and abroad in Europe too. It's been one amazing coordinated effort by many Barcelona members. And once again, I don't think I can reinforce this enough I really want to thank them and praise them for what they are doing. These people are the ones directly fighting for the for the future of the club. You can't give them any more bigger praise than that. 
Yes, indeed. Um, I agree with you there. And I think that, uh, you know, despite the pandemic and despite the ongoing situation, uh, the one, one thing that's been that's been going against them as well as the as the lack of uh, media coverage. So that's that's uh, one big concern because the current motion was rarely featured, if anything, on the covers of newspapers, and that's that's a really uh, it's really uh, leaves a lot of questions for us to uh, to answer. Yes, uh, we haven't talked on the the podcast in depth about the the local media issues uh, and it's very it's a very tricky to subject to talk about because it's bound to cause controversy but we have to speak out and how sport and mundo deportivo who are the two main catalan newspapers dedicated to sports in catalonia have treated the motion of censure has been nothing short of disgraceful uh, mundo deportivo is simply acting like the mon the motion of censure is not happening uh, they barely give it any coverage and sport is at least covering it a, a little bit better but they are still being very how how can i say this they can they can still be very lax with their coverage so in case for those that don't understand why the, the local media doesn't support the, the motion of censure, it's important to understand who owns the two papers. Sports is owned for, by Grupo Zeta and Mundo Deportivo are owned by Grupo Godó. So these two groups have very close ties with the current Barcelona boards. Uh, one, of the, one of the main heads of Mundo Deportivo was actually in the Barcelona board in the past. So it's all very murky. It's very questionable, to say the least. And this has to change, without a doubt. So, as, as FCB historian said, everything is stacked against the motion of censure because without media coverage and without uh, match days, everything is getting very tough, but they are managing to work it out. Once again, it's incredible. And... Let's say that the pandemic didn't happen and the stadiums were going to be full, the Camp Nou was going to be full, their job would have been made much easier because everyone, every Barcelona fan is frustrated with the Barcelona board and they would have likely gotten the signatures in less than a week. But it's not the case. They're working against the pandemic, against the media and against the Barcelona board. It's ha it hasn't been easy, to say the least. Yes, and and of course, as we uh, as we're going to discuss later on, that um, history uh, has not been in favor of those who usually uh, launch uh, those those uh, those motions. So basically, uh, the overall uh, the overall mood is is uh, is one of uh, you know is is a positive one, but of course, um, the current events are are not in our favor. If you look at the broader picture. But uh, you know, with Messi coming out and 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 attacking the board, uh, some might disagree that uh, his attack was was less direct. Uh, whereas others will tell you that he went after Bartomeu personally. Uh, but regardless, the picture is now clear, and everyone knows what they need to do. So basically, that that that's going in our favor, despite all the other uh, factors which which we've uh, touched upon. But I, I remain, I remain somewhat, I mean, optimistic. Uh, on certain days, I, I can't help but feel pessimistic. But I think that's I speak for for the majority of fans there. 
Yes, it's not. It's it's hard to be a Barcelona fan lately, and it's easy to be to be overcome with pessimism. Uh, I'm I'm one. I'm just as guilty as that as most of uh, most of us fans on social media. But it's part of it, and it's important that we show us our support for those that are directly fighting for the club's future. And uh, once again, returning to a bit of Mundo Deportivo, I want to make the best example possible for everyone to understand. So Laporta was actually subjected to a motion of censure when he was Barcelona president. And just before the the Guardiola era started. So Mundo Deportivo started to push hard for Laporta's removal from office. They dedicated it dozens of covers to have him removed. So there was a lot of media pushing for Laporta to be removed. It was a miracle that he wasn't. I would say that it was it was destiny that he wasn't removed from office because what came next? Yeah, Pep Guardiola, Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, the treble, the cesspool. So let's just keep this in mind, as I already said this on social media many times too. If it was up to Mundo Deportivo, we wouldn't have had Guardiola's Barca. This is very important for you to understand how tough the enemies of the club are acting right now. There's no other word to call them. They are enemies of the club. I agree with you. I think uh, when, the, the, the interesting contrast is when you compare the, uh, the current situation to uh, what had happened in 2008, where, uh, as you said, Laporta was, was featured almost daily on the covers of, of those newspapers. Uh, and the attack was so vociferous and, 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 and so relentless that um, it, it sustained over, over time. Whereas now, you know, after the Bayern uh, battering, Mundo Deportivo and Sport uh, did not really feature uh, Bartomeu on the, on the covers of their newspapers. So that really poses a lot of questions as to the credibility of, of, of those two, two major media outlets and, and it questions their, uh, you know, their sources of funding and, and, and who sponsors them and whatnot. And of course, as you've just exposed the ties between, uh, between those, uh, you know, the, the heads of those newspapers and the board, then that's, that's uh, where I think we're almost halfway there. Yeah, we, we just cannot stay quiet when we see what's happening with the club and that's one of the main reasons that this podcast was started too. We wanted to bring the truth to Barcelona friends, no matter how hard it is, no matter how controversial it is, because let's be honest, guys, few people would actually be speaking out against Mundo Deportivo and sports. I would say that most of the journalists just don't, they just want to stay very, very far from that. They don't want to attack other people. But honestly, if I, if I don't do that, if some people don't take a stand like Mark Duke is doing too, we are bound to have our club doomed. That's, that's the way that these people win. If we actually lay down our heads and admit defeat, and that absolutely cannot happen. And I want to make something very clear here. I don't have anything against the journalists that work for Sport and Mundo Deportivo. That's very. That's a very different case. It's not because 
there's there's many good people working there. You have to give them credits. For example, you have Xavi Torres working uh, for sports. He writes columns there, and he is arguably the best Catalan journalist right now. He is incredible. So there are good people on these newspapers. The problem isn't the journalists there. The problem is the owners. That's the owners set the agenda. That's who you should be criticizing, not the not the guys that are working honest work. That's very important to differentiate. Indeed, it's it's uh, defeats the purpose of the whole thing to demonize uh, those two uh, newspapers altogether. So, of course, uh, you know. Uh, don't conflate um, criticism of sport and MD, which is uh, which is pretty much in this case warranted. With uh, you know, just straight up bashing and hating everyone who works for these newspapers. So as as Rafa just said, uh, you need to draw the distinction there. Well, aside from the motion of censure, we also have the club's politics. But honestly, to close the subject of the vote of no confidence, the motion of censure. All of the best for those that were working hard to make it a, a reality. And it's important to understand part of the mentality of the Barcelona members, though the ones that uh, own, the ones that own the club, the socials. So Benedito, Agusti Benedito, he actually pushed for a motion of censure a few a few years ago. He failed, sadly, but he made a good point. He campaigned for it. All of, all of those kinds of efforts that go against the Barcelona board are all very welcome. And it's interesting because for, uh, last week he went and said publicly that he's against the motion of censure right now because there's only a few more months and this board is going to be out. And that's very hard to hear, but it reflects the mentality and the way that many Barcelona members think Okay, they're almost over. Just leave them there and let's hope for the best in the next elections. But if you think like that, we know the damage that this board has caused the club over the past five years. Imagine the final year too. They can cause so much more damage in a few months, let, let, let alone six to eight months that they are going to still be in charge. It's very worrying. It's not that simple, and I completely disagree with that stance because you never know. These people might actually cause, they might actually destroy Barca even further if they they keep in charge. And Bartomeu and the board are not going to be stepping down. They can't be stopped. They, they can't step down. I have said this on all podcast outings so far because if they step down right now, they have to pay for the debt that they caused Barcelona to to get during their tenure there. So it's not happening. They're going to stick to power no matter what happens. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up uh, Benedito. And I think he went through three stages of, uh, I would say, three stages of of, uh, of being a coulé today. So he, he was, at first, he was when he came on to the scene in 2015, he was determined. Uh, obviously, he ran against uh, Bartomeu in the uh, in the elections, and uh, that didn't end up uh, being a fruitful kind of uh, endeavor. But uh, in 2017, he um, he he launched the uh, motion to censor, and uh, which didn't materialize. But it was it was a it was a 
it was a good effort on his behalf, really. Um, he was on his own, basically. The um, the other two members, which were, uh, or the other two kind of candidates uh, as of the time of uh, recording, uh, Font and Laporta, uh, were sort of far removed. Uh, Font was sort of like uh, slightly, uh, you know, testing the waters here and there, but Benedito was the more kind of like prominent figure. Uh, now, I think Benedito has transitioned more uh, into like being cynical. Uh, I, I saw a few hilarious quote tweets on his timeline yesterday where he was basically uh, calling out people for, for uh, you know, uh, for his stance on the, on the current motion. And they were telling him, uh, they were urging him to use his platform for good, but, uh, but he was being cynical. And, you know, on social media, there were people who, who were using, uh, you know, those, those, um, I wouldn't say fake usernames, but like more like they were being anonymous on social media. So his first question on on uh, with, on every interaction was, "Oh, what's your name?" You know, you're, you're so he's basically. I think he bought into this uh, bot conspiracy theory, which uh, Bartomeu and Co uh, seem to be sort of uh, promoting of late. Well, you just brought a very interesting subject up. The this is very good because. Bartomeu last year and the whole Barcelona board, they claimed that social media was loaded with bots, you know, fake users, uh, literally machine, literally machines. <laughs> to, and, they, and they claimed that each and every one of us that opposed the board actually bought the, everyone's happy with the board. And of course, we have seen the buyer match. Everyone should be happy with the Barcelona board, right? We have seen the mass interview. We have seen Anfield, Roma, uh, the the awful signings, the one billion down the drain. Of course, we we don't have anything to be mad with the board about. So, yeah. So this this claims by the board that everyone on social media, or at least many people on social media, were actually bots to attacking them. It was something that deeply offended, especially local. Uh, Barcelona members on social media because it's it's a big offense. Okay, you have been fighting as a board, and they go out and say, "Okay, you, you don't even exist. You're just another bo- you're just another boss." <laughs> they actually took it to heart, and nowadays many people e- even use bots on their Twitter handles. For example, it's, it it was a very it was a very nice reaction after what the board did. And in the end, what we actually have learned is that the board was actually hiring a company to. Give uh, to shell out propaganda on social media, so yeah, yeah very interesting that this whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, it reflects that they're um, you know they're removed from reality. They're not they're not really interested as to what is going on uh, on social media, which is now the sort of hotbed where where people debate and exchange ideas. So the majority of us millennials or, or young fans, we we voice our you know, grievances or, or like or emotions on social media. So basically, as a club, you should be more, uh, you know, you should be more sort of uh, focused on that, on that, uh, you know, on that medium, as opposed to kind of like, uh, you know, uh, sweeping it under the rug and claiming that, oh, we're all like robots or, or bots or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's it's outrageous, really, when you consider that there are fans who are all over the world and and uh, some of them staying up overnight to watch uh, to watch you know the club uh, uh, deliver yet another uh, disaster class. So <laughs> that's really <laughs> offensive for for people like us, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a kind of disrespect that is really unwarranted because Barca has 
hundreds of millions of fans throughout the world and people that, as you said, don't even sleep to watch matches and tweet on social media and uh, be active on Facebook, on Instagram, and then the board comes out and say that these people are bots. It's really, it's really very disrespectful to these people. No, no other word around it. So we, we, have, we actually have some good news, great news. Mike could be even spectacular news if my, if my expectations are proven true. So uh, yesterday, uh, in the past week, the board actually has confirmed that the, the club's elections, presidential elections, are going to take place on March 20 and March 21st. And we uh, actually, they are going to allow you to vote by mail. So this is absolutely great news because a problem that we have is that many of the club members in Barcelona and Catalonia in Spain, they are actually just decently involved with the club. They aren't involved with the club's reality every day. So imagine telling someone that lives on the other half of Spain to go uh, to to the Camp Nou uh, or, or some kind of vote vote collecting place around the, around Spain to actually submit your vote. Many people get lazy. It's a problem that we see with physical voting everywhere in the world. People just want people don't want to get out of home. They already work for the whole week and they don't want to waste any more of their time or, or they don't have energy, they want to stay with their families. I don't think, I don't think they're, they're wrong, but it's a matter of engagement. And voting by mail might be the, the turning of the tide for us because let's say that Victor Font, he has been working on his campaign for seven years now, and you have the situation where many people from abroad know him as much as local people do. So let's say Font has a great campaign. He has lots of great proposals and lots of people from abroad vote for him through mail and he gets elected. Yeah, it, it could be, it could be a, a, real, a real uplifting, something that really t- changes the tide for us. It's very, very exciting. It sounds really exciting, and and when you think of uh, you know, and think uh, not just about the members in in Catalonia and in uh, Spain, uh, members worldwide will be able to to send in their votes as well. So that's that's a really major major relief because um, I would say, uh, and don't quote me on this, but I uh, just looking at social media, I think international fans are much more immersed in what's going on than than uh, than local fans who seem who seem a little bit more kind of like uh, leaning towards the conservative side of things. Yeah, I think it's a matter of, you know, when you, when you buy, let's say that you buy a very expensive car, after a time, it's not going to be that, that important so to you. It's going to lose part of your, its importance. And I think it, it's, it's ha- it happens for part of the members in, in Spain too, especially local fans in Barcelona. They, they have had Barca on their side, right on their doorstep for like decades. So they don't, it, it's not the same kind of importance that, than it is for a fan. Let's say that there's a fan in Saudi Arabia and he's absolutely loves Barcelona. He has been, he's been to the city uh, twice and he know he loves to be involved. It's a different experience. I would say that the fans abroad have a very different view of the club, and it's it's a very different, it's a very valuable contrast because 
it's good for us to recall what actually was the what actually forced Bartomeu to remove Valverde as coach. Barcelona went to to the Super Cup in the Spanish Super Cup in Saudi Arabia, and the Saudi the and the Saudi fans started booing Valverde and the whole thing. It was chanting against Valverde. That was absolutely one of the highlights of the year, at least for me at a personal level, and it shows the engagement of the fans abroad. It was fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, Bartomeu got to see those bots in real life, so. Uh... Yeah, I think he had he had to act, or otherwise uh, end up attracting some of that, uh, you know, criticism his way. So he thought, to, okay, I would I would sacrifice Valverde now. These people are mean; they mean business. But you know, the thing with with international fans uh, mostly is that a lot of them uh, became familiar with the club in the Guardiola years, so they they've gotten used to that uh, to a specific style of football uh, or a specific way of playing, which is now no longer no longer there so they they yearn for to go back to those uh, to those days where they sort of saw barca as the dominant force and i think that's that's the same sentiment whether you're an old fan or a or a sort of more recent fan who's just tuned into uh, barcelona um so i th- i think that's the most important part but um but as you said you know the locals who who've gone who've seen it all really uh you know they barcelona wasn't really a force to be reckoned with uh you know at a club level so maybe uh maybe they're happy with this with this sort of uh you know uh um, successful spell and, and uh, they're ready to move on now so i don't know like there's if there is a mismatch between what we're expecting as international fans uh and the and the sort of expectations from the local side Yes, absolutely. That's a great point. Uh, and when you think about it, I think it's a matter of different standards because Barca fans from abroad just demand from the uh, the best from the club because they have seen Ronaldinho, they have seen the, the first treble, the second treble. They have actually lived in the Messi era, so they won't take anything below par like the like many of the local members actually do. They actually take the, the down years as something okay. The and the and the reaction to to the buyer defeat it was interesting because on social media it was a, a basically a calamitous it was a calamity for us even for those that actually expected it it was bad yeah. either way mm-hmm. uh, yet yeah. yeah yet in the local media we actually had one we we had all of the newspapers covers featuring the defeats but after that anyone barely spoke about it it's it's a, it says a lot about the media's influence the the media influence on the local fans too because if mundo deportivo and sport aren't talking about it many people get informed about barca only by this paper so they hold a lot of influence a lot bigger that than than one that is on social media would think so let's say that if you only knew uh, everything that you that you know about Barca because you follow Barca Center on on Twitter. So, okay, they these guys they make great work, but let's say that they start omitting, they start not reporting some things. That's when you have a problem because you start to forget things, and it's normal because football is not a priority for most of us. We actually, I would say that every one of us because we have lives we have families and football is a passion for us but it's not everything so it gets to the point where 
you you need to start to inform yourself by 10 different channels because you can't trust a single channel it's all very tough and that reflects the downfall of the media for the past few years where you can't trust many of the newspapers exactly and it's not like there, uh, those media outlets they act like um, you know a, a Roma and Anfield uh, did not happen. So I think I think always when I think of the Bayern defeat, I think of it as the culmination of, of uh, you know what happened in in uh, Roma and uh, in, in in Liverpool. So it's undeniable that this is the sort of uh, breaking point for this generation. But you know, it's interesting when you look at the covers again of those newspapers and what they what they often discuss is that they always seem to point the fingers at players, uh, we either uh, either like subtly or more sort of in a, 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 you know directly. Sometimes they uh, you know they criticize the coaches, uh, but very rarely do they mention the sporting project. Very rarely do they discuss at depth really beyond this kind of like sort of surface level discussion uh the the sporting project or the the thinking the current thinking that underpins the decision making of the board it's really brought to the uh, to the focus so the average fan really uh has nothing to sort of uh you know uh complain about if if we're if we're being sort of critical in a way yeah it's a, it's a difficult situation and I would say that it's changing little by little. People are getting, uh, the fans are getting more informed by social media. And I tell, and I tell them, and I tell this to everyone listening, uh, I might be a great source of Barcelona news and FCB story too when it comes to opinions. But guys, I say it from the bottom of my heart. Just try to get yourself informed by the most diverse uh, the most diverse sources as possible because I have my views. I, I always have my biases. Everyone is biased in a way. And yeah. maybe there are certain things that I, that I leave out, other interesting perspectives and points that might prove valuable to you too. So that's, that's my, honest, my honest feelings. As always, I want to bring truth here. Yeah, so this is it for today's podcast. We are going to try and contain it to at least half an hour, twice a week, because it's easier for everyone to listen. A single subject, we are going to be covering it in depth, as you have seen. Today, it was a motion of censure and a bit of Barca's politics, MD and sport, the media's influence over the club. And we plan to bring you a lot more podcasts that discuss the Barcelona politics that many people are afraid to touch. I want to thank everyone again for the patience. We are going to get even better. I would say that this is the third recording and this is the first recording that I can actually look back and say, okay, this was just the kind of podcast that I want to do. It, it, was, very, uh, it was very informative, very fruitful and productive too. And that's it, guys. That's what I want to bring to everyone here. If you're interested in supporting the podcast directly, you just have to open the Patreon link on the description and support us there. You can you can support us with like uh, a small donation, like $5. That would make all of the difference in the world because when we are united as football fans, it's when we are the strongest. So it's not a matter of making a big or a small donation. All it counts is actually trying to help. That's all that matters. 
Thank you very much, everyone. And I want to thank FCB Historian 2 for being here. Thank you, brother. And uh, it's great once again to appear on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to uh, a lot more discussions in the future. See you next week, guys. This was the 117 Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.